calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We're back. It is Wednesday, which means you are now listening to the voice of Natalie Wall on Awkward Sex and the City. I'm so glad you've come. You've joined. You've listened. You've rated. You've reviewed. You've liked. You've shared Avi with your friends. If you haven't, share with your friends. You've maybe even contributed to the Patreon. You're so fucking cool. I fucking love that about you. What can I say? Except thank you for being here, for chilling, for wanting to spend this Wednesday morning, afternoon, evening, or maybe it's Thursday with me. This week we have a guest, someone that I have a huge comedy crush on. I have had a huge comedy crush on her for a very long time. Uh, Samantha Reese, she is part of the comedy duo Girls with Brown Hair. If you've never heard of them, look them up immediately. They are one of my favorite sketch comedy duos like fucking ever they have a comedy central show like online they have just they have amazing voices hilarious hilarious minds i love them i can't believe i got sam and this episode's very um it's fun and it's chill and i will say content warning trigger warning we do talk about emotional abuse we talk about like uh being in it and not realizing it um things like that so if that is something that triggers you maybe Maybe skip this episode. I totally get it. Been there, done that. Um, Avi, we talk about COVID because, like, you can't fucking not. Uh, yeah, and we just kind of talk life, you know? I hope you enjoy. I'll see you. I'll see you on the other side, guys. been up to oh you know lots of things weirdly um okay cool yes it's been weirdly busy i have i just shot a commercial last week oh shit for four days which was wild what is it like being on set now with like what are the precautions if there are any oh there's many um 
<laughs> they, <laughs> they pay you to get tested beforehand. Okay. And then on set, we got tested one of the days. Uh, but then they have, there's a whole new job called COVID Task Force. And it's really just one guy who yells at you uh, if you talk to someone during lunch because you have your mask off. And then three guys wandering around set going, hand sanitizer? Uh, <laughs> the spray men, <laughs> as we called them. And then they take your temperature in the morning and then you wear a mask like in between takes. It was odd, but it was fine. Have you been tendering? Oh, actually, I'm. are you in a relationship? I'm not sure if I know that. Now I'm single, very single. I have not done dating apps for like two years. I hadn't done them for like five years. And then I was like, <laughs> I actually asked a married friend. I was like, well, if I just like really spent time on my profile and like made it look good. Um, it might be worth it. Right. And he was like, yeah, totally. I think it'd be awesome for you. And he's been in a relationship since he was 17. So I think it was a really good person to ask for dating <laughs> advice. Um, but I hopped on the app for like a month and then went on three truly insane, two insane dates and one normal date. And it was like, okay, I'm done. What happened on the insane date? Yeah, let's dive in. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first, so the, this sort of like coincided with me coming out as bisexual and I was like, okay. Oh, congrats. Me too. Yes, Sorry. Yes. Yay. Um, so I was like, okay, we're going to open, like the first step for me was like, we'll put men and women on the <laughs> I did it and um so the first date I went on I think it was with a guy and he was a lawyer and I was watching The Good Wife at the time so I was like into that and, <laughs> um, the first we just got drinks the first date and it was totally normal it was like pretty good banter um easy to easy conversation and then when we left he like went in for the kiss and I was like not expecting that and I did this weird thing where he went in for the kiss and I went, oop, we're kissing. Like, <laughs> lifted my arms above my head like it was a roller coaster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he did a little peck and I was like, okay, sure. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> we went, we did go on a second date and I think both of us came into it hungry. Like, never go to a date hungry, maybe. I don't know. Like like physically hungry, not like hungry for sex, but like I like you wanted to eat like a hot dog. Yeah, like or something. Because I didn't eat anything. Okay. So you're hangry. Okay. Yes, yeah, hangry. Um, and we uh we had wanted to go to some restaurant that had like a fucking wait, and then we were frustrated. We're like, let's just go to a pizza shop, and then that was too long, and then we found this other restaurant. And so already the conversation was like done. And then he <laughs> we were at like a tiny like bar top table and they couldn't fit like all the stuff on the table and he like reached for a fry into the ranch and the ranch like a big thing of it just spilled all over him and <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen someone just like so defeated <laughs> like he went to the bathroom to clean it off and then he was like I think I'm gonna go I was like okay <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, and I knew that we were taking the same train. So I was like, I'm actually going to lift because I don't want to. Um, you don't want this to continue. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> nope. So that was 
the first one getting back <laughs> into it. And then the second one was with this woman who at first, like she came to the bar and already I'm like in this place where it's like, this is new to me. This is like one of my first dates with a woman. And she um, was very like closed off, like arms crossed, um, not very conversational. I was like really driving the conversation. And I don't, do you ever feel this way where like someone thinks you're connecting, but it's really just that you are personally good at keeping a conversation going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that happens a lot with like female comedians, the amount that we have to talk to men that don't know how to talk. Yes. You like, you like <laughs> learn, you practice. Absolutely. Okay. And um, when did you learn comedy? Okay. And when did, okay. What's your next gig? You're like, <laughs> I can move forward so we're just done with our drinks, but this is not good, um, even though you love me now. Um, so I was keeping the conversation going, and it was, again, like, happy hour things, like, oh, are you hungry? Like, let's go get food. And I had already had, like, kind of a weird feeling because she was giving me these, like, anxious vibes where she, it was like, yeah, it's fine. I get it. Anxiety is a thing on days for sure and in life. And uh, she had made some like strange comments about her yoga teacher and she like like jokingly was like yeah I love her and like yeah I mean that's like sure it's gonna be funny and then she must have you know hit that point where one drink just like puts you on the other side of Mm. the universe where you can't come back from it and she was like literally just talking about this yoga teacher and how much she was like oh my god and we went to um Oh God, the restaurant above the comedy cellar. Oh yes. Olive. Oh, what's it? What's it fucking called? Olive Tree, right? Olive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Olive Tree. And it was. I forgot. It was the Super Bowl that night, and Ooh. so they were hosting a big Super Bowl party for all of the comics that were performing. So it was like Aziz was there. <laughs> it was just like a great, really weird vibe in the room. And uh, so we got there and they had this huge spread of like subs and chips and stuff. And the first thing she said when we watched it, when we walked in was like, okay, so you're going to take uh, someone with an eating disorder to this kind of party. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, that was not information that I was – privy to I we can go and she was like no it's fine and then she was like angry so she was angry beyond drunk and then again this is like within a week of the dude with the ranch was running her sleeve through the nachos and just had sour cream like truly all over her body within like seconds and I was like what <laughs> it's like these white condiments are like these premonitions or these like flags of like get out get out Sam get out <laughs> I don't get red flags I get white goopy condiments <laughs> that's fine I guess <laughs> oh my god yeah so I it was that kind of thing where I had to like put her in a cab and like mm-hmm. make sure she got home um never spoke to her again um yeah it was was brutal and then uh the third one was with a perfectly normal woman who was like very cool and we still chat here and there but um those first two dating tell you what have you ever heard of it is bad sometimes (laughs) (laughs) did you ever talk to the guy after the ranch or was it also just kind of saying like it just was like and we're done mutually ghosted 
Absolutely. Not ghosted, just, I guess, absolutely cut off. I don't know what you'd call that, but it was, um, it was a no for both of us, I guess. Um, yeah, I, and then since then I was like, okay, I'm gonna, this to me, to me says, we're not ready to jump back into this yet. Maybe it's a time to just focus. Cause I had truly taken a year off from dating on purpose after my last breakup. Cause I had gone like relationship to relationship. Um, and then was in one for like two and a half years and was like, yeah, fucking break. And I had just gotten my own apartment and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to live by myself, whatever. And uh, so then I just continued that. Um, and luckily that summer was able to have sex with someone, uh, just like a random friend who was in town over the summer. So that was great. Amazing. Yeah. In and out. Sometimes that's just what you need. It's just like to know there's going to be absolutely no commitment to it. Yeah. It was great. And we did that like for a couple of weeks and then he went back to – LA and then when he came back you know tried to recreate the magic of that like little summer hookup and (laughs) it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) picturing mayo you know you wait I didn't hear the last thing you said um we had to we tried to spend time together before the sex oh and it did not go well Mm -mm. luckily no condiments or anything though this time but yeah it was uh it is interesting though to try and like when you're, you know, with sex is like pretty good with someone and mm-hmm. like, okay, well then we should just hang out. Right. And then it's like, makes you want to have sex with them less. <laughs> was there anything in particular that you were just like, Oh, I don't like this about you. He was just really tired. Like, like he, he was, he was just like yawning a lot. He just kept talking about how tired he was. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, does this, you saying that you're like, you don't want to hang out later because that's like not really ramping me up, you know? <laughs> I wonder, I know, but I wonder if that was him being like, oh, I'm tired. We should go to bed now because he's like a dumb guy. That's very possible. I've never thought of it like that. <laughs> like that. He's like, she's really not picking up these clues. I'm like, okay, you're fucking tired. Go take a goddamn nap. I don't care. It's fine. I'll just go home. Well, you're right, though. Like, that's not going to get anyone revved up or like, oh, I'm in the mood. This sounds like it makes you feel like like a chore. You're like, OK, we can stop this then. Like, yeah, it's not you're not <laughs> clocked in at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he had like also just gotten off like some sort of flight. You know, with flight from LA to New York is, it comes with some consequences, jet lag wise. Um but at that point, it's like, yeah, we'll just wait like a day before we make plans, you know, to do it like right away. Because <laughs> I did want to have sex. And now, unfortunately, you've talked too much. And, I, and I'm out. And I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. How long have you been doing the podcast for? Podcast for two years. For a little bit over two years. Hell Yeah. Which is fun. I do like the podcast. The podcast is so different because it's way more intimate. Um, there's a lot of like people have very like cathartic, cathartic. Can't say the word. Cathartic. Cathartic. There it is. I'm like, what is that word? <laughs> Catheter. Cathartic. Cathartic. <laughs> Got it. There would be a lot of like, oh, holy shit, um, oh shit moments of just like realizing something about themselves. And then like fans will be like, oh, now I know like that I'm bi because of like this person that came on and stuff like that. 
which is really cool and it's like really rewarding. Um, I'm pretty sure. Well, Awkward Sucks in the City, the show itself is definitely why I opened up to like the idea of bisexuality and was like, oh, you do not have to be attracted to just like piece of shit men. <laughs> or you have been Literally. attracted to women and you didn't even realize it. Um, yeah. When did you re- realize it? That's a great question. I think I don't I wish I could remember like an exact moment, but I think it was sort of over time. I had so I went through this big breakup two years ago and it was all because of therapy shout out to deb my therapist oh yes deb and uh she basically i had come to her with some like family stuff and then obviously naturally falls into um conversations about your relationship and um kind of realized that i was with this like kind of narcissistic he wasn't a bad guy he just wasn't like good for me and we didn't communicate well at all and so I spent a couple of months sort of trying to communicate. We had like no communication. Like we didn't really talk about anything. So for me to all of a sudden be like, I want to talk and I want to talk about this and this and this. You just had no idea what, where it came from and um, how to respond. And so over like three months, it was just this disintegrating relationship where I kept being like, you know, oh, there was also a huge issue with competition in the relationship. Was he also a performer? He's a writer. Mm. And we were doing the exact same things. And I was always made sure to anytime, you know, he achieved something big that was like, really, let's celebrate it. And I've separately really been working on like jealousy because I feel like theater, I come from my theater backgrounds very, I feel like they breed jealous people. (laughs) And I was, oh, yeah. And so I've really been trying to kind of unhook from that instinct to just be jealous of somebody and like really celebrate them in the moment. And there's like enough success for everybody and like kind of live by that. And he could not do that at all. And it was, oh, man. Rough. Um, and I kept kind of coming to him to be like, if we're going to be together, like you can't, it, we can't, this is not sustainable. You need to go to therapy and like talk through this basically. And he was like, yeah, you're right. Like, okay, I'll go to therapy. Obviously never did. Mm-hmm. Um, made the appointments, canceled them, excuses, excuses. Finally, I was like, okay, we're done because I've, I've come to you several times over six months to be like, what the hell? We need to figure this out. And it just same cycle repeating itself. So after that breakup, I was like, I had gone from relationship to hookup to friends with benefits thing over and over again for probably like five years at that point. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't even know like who the fuck I am at this point. Like I used to really love clothes and I was just wearing like shitty leggings and like sweatshirts. Like it was probably like a version of depression for sure. Uh, and it took like six, seven months for me to sort of finally find the other side. And I was like, what else do I like that I had never thought I could do before? And was like, oh, I like tattoos. So <laughs> sorry, mom, I got a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, started wearing like clothes I like again and have that sort of been, you know, part of why I've been really like buying a thousand lamps every week. And <laughs> 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 getting, really, getting really into vintage stuff and thrifting and spending more time on that. And, uh, part of that was like, okay, what's my relationship to men? And why do I think that I 
don't qualify as someone who could be bisexual because there's always been women that have been like, oh, like she's really cute or like I feel like we there's a vibe, but I am not that. And like, why am I putting that on myself? Like, what what makes me different than someone else who is bi? I don't I don't know. It was just like a a make a list of things that I have thought about and then like really take the time to be like, does this apply to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a very, that's a very, I think good journey. Yeah. And it's still going for sure. I, I mean, when did you, when did you come out to your, um, I like sort of like I did it twice. Uh, and I'm trying to think like exactly when I was like either, either 2014 or 2015 and um basically i was like oh i'm bi uh when i realized i was like in love with emma wilman oh yeah yeah she was like on a show i was like i used to photograph a little bit before like i lost my camera or something i can't remember what happened (laughs) um i know it it was like i think i've blocked it out of my memory because it was like a very expensive camera yeah that'll traumatize uh-huh and i was like just shooting uh i was shooting photos for um a friend's show i can't remember whose show it was and and emma wilman was on the show and i could not stop staring at her to the point where like i could tell emma like noticed it like <laughs> like was like looking and i was like oh my god like what is happening and like even oh, to this day right okay <laughs> <laughs> even to this day i like can't be around her like she can't touch without me like melting um <laughs> i haven't had her on the show in so long because i'm so embarrassed by that so I, I know she knows like i'm obsessed with her um but then I kind of like let it like go to the wayside and then around 2017 or 2018 I was working at Trader Joe's and I worked next to uh LIU and all the soccer like the female soccer uh like team would come in and I started noticing I got like really excited when they came in and I was like flirting with them and they were flirting back and I was like oh right right you this is still you were by yeah this is still a thing (laughs) And then I, told, oh, I got it. Okay. <laughs> I told my my fiance, but he was my boyfriend at that point. We were like going. It was like Pride Month, and we were going to like some dance party at like the Bell House with um our friend who is gay. Um, and I was just like, guys, I think I'm bi. And then like I didn't say anything else for the rest of the day. And then Aaron had to be like, so what does this mean? Like two weeks later, <laughs> like do you still love me? Like are we still okay? And I was like, yeah, we're fine. I just. I'm attracted to women too. <laughs> I'm attracted to like a whole soccer team of women right now. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. I just, I, I just truly love legs on men and women. I've, I've come to find out. <laughs> um, no, and it was, I was scary at first, but it was like really fun and like definitely made like our relationship stronger uh, to be able to talk about it, and then for him to be able to talk about things too. And then whenever the fact people are allowed to touch each other without masks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of like sex parties, which I'm super excited about. Cool. Yeah, we were looking into it before COVID. And like, there's a lot, of of course, like there's a lot in New York, but like, I didn't know how easy it was to find one. I thought you had to like know someone who like knew someone and had a key. No, they're like advertised on Google. (laughs) (laughs) And they seem to be safe. Dollars for paid media on Facebook. Uh, (laughs) I kind of feel that way about just being bisexual in general, where you're like, I feel like you need to know someone in order to like get into it (laughs) (laughs) there was also a part of me that i had to like step back and be like okay are you bi or are you just trying to be like an interesting white woman right now uh (laughs) like are you like let's not take up space unless like that is truly like who you are and there was like a few months of being like oh i'm not really i just no no 
I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be cool. And it's like, no, no, no. But then right after I was like, yes, I would also like to get tattoos now. Like, I do think that is like part of it is like, if you are bi, you must have a tattoo on your forearm. Mm-hmm. I did find that um, in a column somewhere. So I, <laughs> it's um, on Cosmo. Yeah, it's on Cosmo. Um, yeah, that's uh, I mean, I guess it, it's kind of like a larger thing of like taking like, I guess, different ownership of your body in that way. And like, being like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want. I'm not answering to anybody anymore it was like it's like a really weird feeling and oh, punk and um, <laughs> I definitely have those moments where I'm like am I but then I still have like active crushes on women where I'm like yeah yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think it's have you ever thought about like I feel like it's like a fucking Instagram meme I saw that was like you're still bi if you like men most of the time but then sometimes women <laughs> And you're still bi if you like all, mostly women, but sometimes men. You know, it was like ratios. And I was like, oh, I think, uh, okay, interesting. The ratios really depends on the time of the month, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there is a really good account that I follow. She's by Generous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah She's made me feel like way better. And I had friends like uh, show me to her because they were like, we know you're struggling with this because yeah, because I'm with a dude. I've been with a dude for like almost six years now. Um, mm-hmm. So like how convenient to come out as bi like while I'm still like getting dick on the reg, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I like anything up there. It can be a dick. It can be a dildo. It can be other things, you know? It can be fingers yeah. of any gender. <laughs> um. <laughs> it can be fingers. No face, just fingers. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just face. Um. Oh my god, I was gonna ask you something, and then I totally lost it. Uh oh. It does not matter. It is not important. Um. Well, but I love. Yeah. I love hearing women. I love hearing women realizing it later in life. Like I think people are being louder about it, and I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think. I used like I used to think it wasn't real because it was later in life, and then friends were like, "No, you just realized it later." Yeah, like something it doesn't feel as valid if it wasn't something you struggled with when you were younger. Or like for me, I was like, oh, because it wasn't like constantly toiling over it and didn't feel closeted or anything. Uh, it, maybe it's not real. But yeah, later in life, it's just like a different thought process. Yeah. So like knowing that now, this doesn't make any sense. These are I don't know why I'm trying to put this together. Does that change? <laughs> Does it change uh, dating going further, and then dating going further with COVID on top of it? Because who knows when this will stop? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does sort of sometimes feel. I guess like I haven't had a moment where I've wanted to like post a big thing to be like, "Hey guys, guess what?" Mm-hmm. Um, but I do sort of feel like without that, there's like. N- if I'm not telling people, how else does anybody know? So mm-hmm. there is that aspect to it. Um, and then it feels like, okay, well, the other way, like dating apps, but I really don't want to do that. And especially right now, it just sort of feels like investing time into someone that I can't really even meet in person or I'm not interested in like adding that risk to like my friends or family. I don't know. It's It's... I have no idea what to do where I'm just sort of like, I guess I'll just kind of go with the flow and worry about it later. I don't know. 
I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. It's a, it's, I guess it's, it's nice because it's not stressing me out. Yeah. Which is good. But you know, my roommate, she was like going on Zoom dates every week and I was like very oh. impressive, very brave. And um, I think, I think for me, I, it takes a lot of, I call them outgoing points um, in order to date people. And I'm, I'm more on the introverted side. So like for me to go on a date or like put myself out there, it takes a lot out of me. And then I, especially if I'm still like working and have shit to do, I can't do like multiple dates a week. It's like, I think taking this time off from dating has really allowed me to see sort of how much time I need for myself, like mm-hmm. alone time, work time, um, play with my cat time. Uh, versus like how much I'm really willing to give to someone else. And at, I feel like now I'm at a point where I'm like, I really am ready, I feel, to be in something. Um, but there are times where I find myself being very picky and I'm unsure if it is because I'm like just scared to give up more time or because I'm genuinely like, oh, I want someone more ambitious. Like, I don't know if it's an excuse or if, if it's a genuine, like, reason. <laughs> it's probably, like, a little bit of both, I think. Might be um, a bad thing. As, like, not an expert. I think it's very... Because, like, I did I did something similar, too, where, um, like, relationship ended. Didn't... It wasn't that I didn't really know what I, what, who I was, but, like, I definitely lost a part of myself and I didn't know what I wanted. So I like purposely didn't date either for like like a year, uh, but I like dicked around a lot. Like I had like a lot of sex um, to like figure out what I liked. And um, but I think I think you just become you being like you and like the, ge- the general you just become like way more aware of like what you're not gonna deal with anymore. And so it's easier to kind of spot red flags or at least admit that you see the red flag than it was like a few years back when you're just like, oh, this can change. Like I can help them change. They can, they will grow. I love you. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. You, it's definitely been, um, I think a gift to be, to see something and be like, I'm, I'm not interested in that, but thanks. And there's like a lot of power and being able to just be like, no, thanks. Not really personal. Just like not for me. I don't know. And to know how much time you need to yourself too, because like when I started dating Aaron back in like 2015, I did not have any clue how much time I needed for myself. And it definitely had like, not like a mini breakdown, but I definitely had to be like, okay, I have to be at my house at least like three to four times a week, like in my own bed with like you not there. And I need to know that I can do this, this and this. And so that like, I wish I knew that beforehand. I think it would have been like more seamless, but then to like figure it out later, and then to move in together and then be like, okay, how does alone time work now Ooh, yeah. when we like share the space? Um, and like, like I'll say to you and like to all the viewers, as long as you can communicate it and you are listening to yourself and the person that you're living with, you'll be fine. Like totally fine. It's just saying the thing that you're feeling. Yeah. Just saying it and probably not living in a studio. I feel like a studio is like <laughs> a recipe for disaster. It's fucking small. <laughs> no, it's too fucking small. You need to be able to walk into another room when you are like depleted mentally, physically from your job, from yourself, from uh, being with friends, like if you're an introvert or an extrovert, you need to be able to walk away and like reboot and then not be like the bathroom. 
to know that you can like have like your creature comforts around you <laughs> as you do that. Um, Are you- at least like in my experience. Yeah. Are you guys in more than a studio now? Yeah, we um we got a two bedroom because um, we were like, oh, maybe this is where we'll have our kids at. And then COVID hit. And now we're like, oh, shit, can we like afford something bigger? <laughs> um, so now we're looking. Have you been on the train since March? What is it like? Oh, my God, I'm so afraid. It's actually not that bad. Uh, I started so I started taking the train probably in like June to get to different protests because I was like, I just can't be, I'm not, I don't know. Some of the other train felt better than like a $30 lift, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. To take a lift to a protest feels like just fucking stop. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) if you do that, sure. I support you. But I, uh, the first couple weeks of it, it was very weird because truly nobody was on it. Um, But it was the cleanest I've ever seen the subway. Shit. Okay. Oh, this is the L train. So saying something. Yeah. And uh, now it's definitely more busy. Like people are starting to, I think, find trust in the train again. Um, but it's still not crowded. It's like the appropriate amount of people on a train. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I like rarely see that. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy. I mean, at least over here, I don't know. Where are you at? Oh, so I'm in Prospect Heights. So I'm near like the, um, the two, three, and the AC and then the um, BQ. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I've only been on the AC in the city and those have been pretty busy going to like Penn Station and stuff. So. Oh yeah. I bet. It'd be interesting to see in Brooklyn how it is, but. Since you uh, mentioned Penn Station, Penn Station, have you been able to get out of the city yet or? Yeah. I went to visit my parents one weekend uh, separately, but uh, they live in different parts of Pennsylvania. And oh, okay. Yeah. Took the old Amtrak, and that was fine. Nobody was really on it. And I did the whole, like, you know, get tested, wait till the results, and then get on the thing, wait, and get more tests. Um, I just love to get that thing shoved up my nose. Can't get enough. <laughs> it, um, like, some people still haven't gotten it, and I try to explain it to people. And I think I've done it four times now. And it really depends on the person sticking it up your nose. Because sometimes it doesn't feel that bad at all. And then you have that one person that actually slowly counts to 10 and like wiggles it. And you're just like, you can feel it afterward. Uh, it's weird. Throat. Yeah. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the one they had us do on set of the commercial, it was this like old Russian doctor who spoke not at all. Uh, just like handed you a paper to be like, sign. You're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it was the most painful test I've ever gotten. It was like, it went inside my brain and he like really shook it around like a little oh my God. rattle and kept it there for like 30 seconds. And uh, having just come from a test at CityMD where the doctor was like, oh, fun fact, you don't have to put it that far up the nose anymore. I was like, this is excessive and, uh, and I can taste metal now. <laughs> it's like who hurt you why are you taking this out on me <laughs> was it a rapid test was it like a one of those like rapid results it was a 24-hour turnaround um, okay but yeah the rapid ones are interesting I haven't gotten one of those no I have not either um would love would love to see it I doubt we will we don't have the monies I think you have to have the monies like the Hampton monies oh god yeah the people doing that test like before you go into a fucking party 
Yeah. <laughs> so rude. There is one I did almost get. I mean, do you guys love this chat about COVID deaths? <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I actually really think the listeners like it. They've and they seem to have really liked like a very personal like account of like what's going on in New York, New York City, especially when it was like we were the global like epicenter. Yeah, like people like wanted to know, and they still like want to know. It is really interesting to hear people's different experiences because it it is like we're not crazy, right? Like that sucks, or like this is like, it feels really weird to be on the train or I don't know, just, just hear other people. It is helpful, but there is a rapid test in Astoria that I almost got. That's like, oh, okay. Sucks if you need it. That's not okay. That's good to know. Okay. We, um, downtown Brooklyn too, but I didn't look at that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we did like, we went to go see Aaron's parents, like in the early, early August. And we were like, okay, everyone get a test. And then, like, we'll go. Uh, but our tests didn't come through. Like, our results didn't come through until, like, four days into us being there. And, like, his mom and stepdad were like, it's fine. It's fine. And But his stepdad is, like, in his 70s. And I was like, if I fucking kill your goddamn stepdad, like, I can't. Because I, like, I don't know how you were. But, like, March, April, and May, I was a goddamn psycho. I was, like, so afraid to go outside. Mm -hmm. And then I, like, I left Trader Joe's because they weren't, they did a, a very shitty job of, like, taking care of us. And the customers were awful. And I was, like, this is just going to get worse. And it turns out I was correct. They, they've just gotten worse. Um, and so, like, I made myself, like, stay inside for 14 days because I was, like, there's no way. There's no way I haven't been exposed to it. Because I shit you not. The day after uh, it was said that, like, it was announced that Tom Hanks got COVID, mm -hmm. I had never seen so many people in my life in Trader Joe's ever. And it was a constant flow of, like, probably at least a thousand people in the store at a time. Oh, God. And, like, I worked, like, a 10 to 6 shift, like, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And by 6 p.m., no, by 4 p.m., there was nothing on the shelves. Holy shit. Like, nothing. And I've never seen it like that before. That's so interesting. Do you think it was people being like, Tom Hanks is like my dad. This is, must be really bad. And then they go and buy all the food. <laughs> truly, yeah. Truly, they were like, oh, shit, I know this person. It's real. This is real. And all of a sudden, people were taking it so seriously. And like, I was a total asshole. Like, because like for, for like a full month, uh, we were definitely getting like way more people in and people being like, <laughs> like very like we were ringing up like $700 worth of food which is like really weird in New York because you, people are walking with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're walking. Where are you going to put it? Yeah. Where, you, where, where in this bike is it going? Um, and so we were just getting mad and we were just like, oh, these people are just overreacting. It's just a bad flu. Like I totally said that. I totally said it was just a bad flu. I take it back. I am sorry. 190,000 people have died. I was so wrong. Um, but yeah, it was just a nightmare. All of a sudden, like customers were being like, like outright races to like our Asian like workers it was like really bad all of a sudden but then yeah Tom Hanks got it and then everyone was like oh oh okay 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 not dad dad can't die from this didn't dad can't. bring it to Australia <laughs> pretty sure he was like the reason he's in Australia <laughs> whoops sorry no him and um his wife I always forget her name and I like her uh I do too gosh. she's like a like badass person in her own world and she, i never remember her name it's so bad oh it's gonna be crazy she's an actor and she like still sings too she has like a single out or something 
I will look this up later. I will look this up because uh, I do like her. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Tom's wife. <laughs> Not Sorry. Us, I promise. Um, and I like her because she's age appropriate. And I was always like, okay, Tom, cool. Good for you. Mm-hmm. It's like him and Hugh Jackman who have wives that are their age. That's it. Those are the only two. <laughs> And I've been I've I've liked that Chris Evans has had to has had all like age appropriate girlfriends. I was like, good, because you seem like the type of guy that would be like just waiting for them to turn 18. But he seems to be like a good guy. Hey, turns out he's not that guy. And we <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> has anyone ever told you you have like an Anna Kendrick vibe? <laughs> no, I've got really Ellen page most of the time. No, Ellen doesn't do like. Ellen doesn't like I like Ellen Page, but she like her face is like always kind of like the same. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where Anna likes like gets like sarcastic and you get like a you have like a oh, this is my voice for like this type of feeling. And like this is my voice for that type of feeling yeah, I- in a good way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anna Kendrick. Do you like Anna Kendrick? I didn't. And now I do. Ooh, what changed? I don't know. I just started to like like her more. And I was like, I felt like she was more awkward than I realized. And I was like, OK. Yeah, I, I wonder when someone is famous for that long, if they just like can't, it must be, make you awkward. I don't know. Yeah. Been famous a long time or been in the biz a long time. HBO uh, has. <laughs> Wait, what? I read her book. Oh, I didn't fucking know she had a book. Yeah, I don't, it wasn't good, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, she still wrote it. Good for her. Um, it's called Scrappy Little Nobody, which is like, well. But you're not a nobody. You're not. You're not. Take, take ownership of it. You know, you're a child star. She was on a show on HBO, and now I can't remember what's called. It was like Love Something, but it was like an anthology of like everyone she had dated, and it's set in New York too. And it got really bad reviews, but I really fucking liked it. And like Julia Shiplet and uh, Taylor Ortega, who I also have a major crush on, was like in an episode, and they like were great in it. I think that's when I kind of fell for her. And then, like, if you ever – I feel like you're like me. If you ever just want to, like, reminisce about, like, any person you've, like, fucked or, like, flirted with, like, watch this show. Like, you'll just be, like – it'll just bring you back to, like, everything you've done. Good and bad. <laughs> more good. More good than bad. But you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, uh, I love moments where you're, like, minding your own damn business and then just one thing will, like – pop into your brain of, about a person that you've truly forgotten about for years. Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like I randomly remembered that an ex-boyfriend of mine put on a tux and took me out to dinner to tell me that he got fired from his job. And I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't think it was bad, but it was like really weird of him to do that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, I have a question for you and don't have to answer and it can also totally be edited out if you're like, no, nah, I don't want to put that out there. Um, just because I've been in an emotionally abusive relationship as well. And I had no clue that I was being emotionally abused, like, within the relationship. Were you aware, like, in it? You know, and I'm totally fine talking about this because I think I like to talk about this stuff because I think that had I heard someone maybe say it, I would have it would have registered <laughs> with me. But no, I thought because he was very manipulative to the point where he would even kind of tell me he was in this way where he was like, well, yeah, I'm manipulating you to get what I want where it's like, Oh, we're comedians. Like 
yeah, I make jokes about like gaslighting my friends to their face because obviously I would never do that, but it's, I don't know. And yeah, probably not, shouldn't joke about it, but <laughs> yeah, if you borrow my shirt, I'll just gaslight you into thinking that you broke it and you have to buy me a new one, just shit like that. But like he would re- routinely kind of mention that he was doing it. And I was like, I'm too smart to let that happen to me. You know, you always like think through that kind of shit. And um, it, it definitely got to a point where towards the end, I was kind of like aware from outside of my body that it was happening because friends had come to me to be like, you have to get out of that relationship. And I was like, well, if they're coming to me that that must be pretty bad. Um, but it didn't really hit me honestly until like a couple years later, just how bad it was. Yeah. No, totally. Same, like, same thing. Like, no clue inside was like, no, no, no. I, I'm an independent woman. This would never happen to me. I would know the signs. And I, it was like a month or two after, no, it had been like, like half a year after we broke up. And I like very like nonchalantly mentioned to my friend, like something that he had said about like my body. Um, Specifically, he told me that like my vagina got too wet and it like turned him off. Yeah, no, uh, full on WAP over here. It's great. Uh, love it. Uh, and she like stopped. We had like just came, come out of like a subway and she stopped me on the sidewalk and was like, Natalie, that is emotional abuse. And I was just like, like waves after waves like hit me. <laughs> and was like, what just happened? Uh, but what, like you said, like maybe if someone had, if I'd heard someone talking about it, I would have seen it. I was, or like been able to register the signs quicker, but nope. Had no clue. No, it's it's very easy to justify things in the moment when they happen. And then later you look back and you're like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, now when I when something like this happens and my ass wants to explode, that's probably like a good gut sign that it's someone <laughs> to stay away from. <laughs> like a literal gut sign, like your gut saying, No, I'm gonna shit on this person. Yeah, I'm literally you don't walk away. Your pants because I can't let you be doing this again. <laughs> Yeah, and it turned out like a lot of comedians I dated were just like one could not handle me being more successful mm-hmm. or like funnier, um, and two just like don't know how to deal with their emotions. They think getting on stage is dealing with your emotions, and it's like no, 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 honey, no, 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 no. Please go see a therapist. They can use that as a weapon. Also, that was a big issue with this guy was he would, um, without permission, really consent for me, like talk about our relationship on stage while I was there in a way that like made me seem like a terrible person or he would you know do like those classic like my girlfriend sucks or doesn't fuck me kind of jokes and then oh my god um, people you know I would go to the shows to try and be supportive and people there would know that I was the girlfriend and kind of be like uh, okay and they're like yeah I'm so funny maybe <laughs> This is great. Did they ever, did they ever come to your shows? Like my people would never come to my shows. There was always a reason they couldn't come. That's a great question. I don't remember. I think sometimes, yeah, I think they did. But if I was talking to anyone for too long, that wasn't them, then it was like an issue. Oh, ew. There, oh, there was one time, this was crazy. We were on a trip and he decide he was like can we go back a day early because i've got a slot 
on this or I got like do you remember there was like a an Airbnb in the in Chinatown that used to do shows yeah oh wow I forgot about that place well, yeah he was like oh I got a got a show slot there for Friday or whatever can we go when we fly back early so I can do the show and I was like fly back early okay sure but you're gonna pay for the flights and I don't even remember what happened with that but then one of my friends that same night of the show got hired to write for SNL and she was like, we're going to celebrate at a bar. And I was like, okay, I'll stay for the show. And then there was always like a big party after the show. So I was like, I'm going to leave the party and go to my friend's thing to celebrate with her. And he like gaslighted the fuck out of me with that. I was like, well, can't believe you would do this to me. Like, you know, we flew back early from my show and you're going to leave. And, and that I was like, that's weird. I'm going to celebrate with my friend shit like that or the fact that that he threw in like tried to throw in your face that you flew back early for (laughs) his show like yes you flew back early for his show you gave up part of your fucking vacation yeah oh my god i hate this person so fucking much i hate him so much yes brutal bad okay (laughs) there's there's always like a couple girls that he's dated after the fact that then that maybe not anymore i don't know how recent this i guess from a few years ago after we broke up but like girls that he dated after me who i'd be like oh no like they're another talented comedian like and then i would meet them at a show and there would just be that moment where we would connect and i'd be like are you okay and she's like i'm fine are you okay and we'd just feel like okay there's like a a thing here where we both knew it was bad and oh god i just wish there was some way to prevent it all together I know. It's hard because like you can't make a list, right? Because then all of a sudden your it could be a shutdown, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're getting sued for like libel or some shit. And it's like, but it's true. It's true. Um, I know there needs to be like a secret like society or just like a secret like handshake of like this person is bad. Yeah. Somehow. Some people that do keep like personal lists and are like, I'll send them to you. But it is crazy that we have to do that at all. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't even, like, hang out after shows. Like, before COVID, that is. Like, I just didn't hang out. I was like, none of this feels good. These people feel weird. <laughs> if that makes sense. I just, like, I don't want to find myself in this, like, this situation again. So I'd be like, and I'm out. And I'm good. Thank you for having me. And goodbye. But it got to that point because it's like, yeah, it'd be nice to, like, get a drink and hang out with, like, people so they can tell you that you're talented and, like. Try and have yeah. jobs and the fact that you don't feel comfortable because some person fucked that up for you is like so shitty. So I will say anytime I feel sad or like like not feeling good about my comedy, I legit watch uh, yours and Becky's uh, turkey Thanksgiving show. <laughs> and I listen to turkeys, turkeys like on repeat. And it's, I'm not even joking. Like, I swear to God, like, anytime I'm just like, oh, I feel sad. I just watch that over and over again. And it's so fucking good. That's so funny. Thank you. I love it. I'm so I love it so much. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh. stupid turkey show. Oh, so good. Whenever, like, I, I need there to be a new one when, like, we're allowed to be, like, in Union Hall's basement again. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need you and Becky to make one. Well, you know, the season's coming up. And <laughs> the turkey ladies need to make an appearance uh, somehow. So look out for that, definitely. Uh, I do love the um, thanks for anyone wondering. It's a, a Thanksgiving theme show. That's I mean, very lazy because we just replace Christmas songs 
lyric, Christmas lyrics with turkey lyrics. <laughs> okay, so Sam is trying to underplay it. Um, it's great. There's two sisters, sisters. There's turkeys, turkeys, and they're turkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great. Uh, there is Uncle Gary uh, is back in town. Uh, it's no, it's perfect. I love it so much. It's so great. It's so fucking great. I, I've truly, I've like shoved it in Aaron's face so many times. Be like, watch it again with me. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Our- because also Sam and Becky have amazing voices. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I went to college for musical theater, so it's nice to use it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I always felt bad for the musical theater, uh, kids in my, my uh, college. Cause I was always like, this this is where it ends, guys. This is where it ends. <laughs> and for most of them, it was where it ended. It'll be great. But yeah, the rest of you, this is it. It's kind of it. You're going to go into comedy or you're going to do real estate. And that's kind of... Kind of... It is. That's it. It's so funny. Were you a theater major or were you... No, I was a journalism major. That's real. Okay. Print journalism, though. So that one's dead. That's real fun. Mm. But it's fine. No, I only took a couple of theater classes as electives because I was, never felt like I could commit. Um, and then when I was in it, I was like, I kind of hate everyone in it. And so I was like, I feel like I made the right choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I moved to New York and then immediately pivoted to comedy. So I was like, I don't think I can be around this (laughs) for much longer. (laughs) You know, not that comedians are better, but, um, definitely different. Thank you again for sticking around, for listening. Um, if you want to follow Samantha, I don't know why I call her Samantha, uh, Sam on uh, on the socials, it's you can follow her at Samantha Reese, R-E-E-C-E, on Twitter and Facebook and Insta, and then Girls with Brown Hair, uh, which you can find through her profile, or you can just go find them uh, directly, and you will be very happy. Uh, I hope you're being safe. I hope you're washing your hands. I hope you're wearing your masks. Um, yeah we're we're doing it guys we're we're in it to win it i don't know um life is so weird who knew we'd live through like the modern day plague and you yet i don't know if i'd say we're thriving but we're definitely (laughs) actively surviving um and again, I hope you guys are doing okay. And I thank you for always coming and for liking, subscribing, uh, contributing to the Patreon and all that good shit. And I will see you guys next week. All right. Bye.